Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside my co-host. He's allergic to tomatoes, but he's tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. That that I am, Matt. That I am. And you also <laughs> yeah, said stumble. you, you also stumbled said, there. well, you said co-host. Ho ho ho. Love it. Today we are reviewing Christopher Columbus's The Christmas Chronicles Part Two. Uh, starring Kurt Russell, Goldie Hawn, uh, Darby Camp, uh, Judah Lewis, uh, Kimberly Williams, Paisley, uh, Tyrese shows up. Um, Julian Dennison, from, who's the 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 villain yeah. of the piece, quote unquote. Yeah, Julian Dennison. Yes, um, uh, the kid from uh, mid '90s shows up. Um, uh, Sufjan Stevens, or whatever his name is. Uh, <laughs> this cast has it all. <laughs> It's got everything, man. No, Sonny, Sonny Sulchik uh, shows up. Um, wait, was Malcolm? Oh, these are voices. Yeah, Malcolm, like, McDowell Malcolm, Malcolm McDowell was the voice of the... Uh, yeah, Hawken. Yeah, the Turkish elf. Eric, how you doing? <laughs> I'm I'm good, man. I'm good. I, I watched this movie uh, this morning, and I barely retained anything at all. I watched it um, right after we finished our interview with nick scarpino i believe um was it that night or was it another night i think it was that night um which you guys can check out untitled movie conversations joey madison uh, nick scarpino two brand new conversations out on untitled movie conversations both fantastic conversations uh we do talk about uh, you know holiday movies with nick a little bit do we talk oscar chances for christmas chronicles part two with joey you'll have to listen to find out we don't um and then uh also untitled movie podcast head over there check out uh everything we got going on over there but eric i really want a cherry coke man i don't know if it's uh ch- cherry cola um a magical santa claus and it reminds me of the coca-cola santa claus and then i just want a cherry coke or i don't know what it is or maybe it's just movies in general i'm like i miss that fountain cherry coke that i get every time we used to go to the movies remember that um, but I'm craving a cherry Coke. Well, I mean, every time I see Kurt Russell, I get that kind of, you know, warm feeling in my stomach, that kind of nostalgia of being a kid and watching, you know, his collaborations with John Carpenter all the time, whether it be The Thing or Escape from New York. I mean, the man has such an iconic career. He's been working since a child actor in Disney movies. And, you know, uh, his dad was a staple of uh, Western serials in the 1940s and 50s. So, you know, it's it's always good seeing good old Kurt Russell. We also watched uh, uh, Tango, Tango and Cash, and Cash which was a movie that mm-hmm. I hadn't seen in a very long time and uh, was kind of a, a fun uh, walk down memory lane, especially because it was one of the last movies released in 1989. I digress I because I don't really have much to talk about when it comes to the Christmas. As you Chronicles can tell too, but I will say stalling. this about it. I, we saw the first one and we reviewed the first one. Um, I mildly enjoyed yeah, it. From what I, I, remember. I did as well, but again, like I didn't, really retain that much <laughs> no. but what i think this is a, a situation of is that it's 
you know, too much of a good thing. Like the idea that the first one was enjoyable and didn't really feel like it overstayed its welcome and, you know, was kind of a fish out of water story with Santa kind of having to. In Toronto. Know, yeah, in Toronto, but <laughs> not really because Toronto is not Toronto in, in the movie, but have to get back to the North Pole and having to work with these two kids, one of which is kind of teetering on, you know, going on to the bad list and the other one being a true believer. It It, it was it had its moments and it had this kind of charm to it because of Russell, because of, you know, just being an easy watch, you know, Chris Columbus being a producer on that one, uh, Clay, uh, Cadis being the director on the first movie. But at the same time, when it's like, it's like too much of a good thing where it's like you enjoyed the first one for what it is, but you didn't need any more. And you kind of forgot about it completely as, you know, by the time you get to next Christmas with this film, this is nearly two hours long and sure is. it brings back characters that you didn't necessarily need to have come back. I think for a story like this, like I don't think you needed to have the, the Kate character come back as a teenager, you know, and, and not wanting her mom to get remarried to Tyrese. I mean, that's the situation <laughs> Dude, we all so go through in life. I mean, you know, my, I, I texted you when I first started this movie, cause I, I've, I'm in the same boat as you where I, I liked the first one. It was a cute, you know, Christmas, new Christmas movie, Kurt Russell is Santa. I'm, I'm in, um, immediately pretty much forgot about it. Would I have revisited it? Maybe down the line, but as this movie starts and they're in this like Mexican resort in Cancun, yeah, in Cancun. And I'm like, is this the same family from the first one? I'm like, in my head, I'm like, is it, I don't know. And then Tyrese shows up and I'm like, was Tyrese in the first one? I'm like, I can't remember. I don't remember Tyrese being in the first one, but he possibly could have. And then Tyrese is in this for all of like, you know, five minutes at the beginning and five minutes at the end. And you're just like, I'm with you where I'm like, did you need to have the same characters come back and, and do this again? It reminded me of the Santa Claus part three, where they go to the North Pole. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still there. Yeah. Okay. It looked like you dropped out on my side. No, I'm just um, falling asleep. Yeah, not because you're Santa boring Claus Part Three with, Mar- like- with Martin Short. Yeah, where he plays uh, fucking uh, Jack, Frost, Jack Frost, right? Yeah. And they have to go, and he's taking over the North Pole. Like even the setup of the North Pole in this movie reminded me of that. And it's just never as exciting to me. Like I, I'm with you, where that fish out of water. Even what made the Tim Allen Santa Claus movies kind of fun in those first, that first one at least, um, was that ca- same kind of shtick, right? And then this whole movie brings back these characters that I totally forgot even were the same people and then kind of throws them in this other story gives Goldie Hawn a lot more to do in this one than the first one, which I don't necessarily think is a great thing. Well, the, the first um, one was kind of like that, the, the end credit stinger in that movie and introducing Mrs. Claus as Goldie Hawn was just kind of like a nice little kind of bow on top of, of the present overall. And it wasn't, re- I don't really think it was meant to be like, Oh, we're set setting up this franchise or, you know, these, these sequels, but I think because it did so well and it probably doesn't cost that much to make something like this, you know, you pay all the money up front to Kurt Russell's beard and that's about it. Um, you know, like it just, it kind of feels like it is a rehash in that Chris Columbus way where like he comes up with an idea or supports a filmmaker that, you know, he likes to work with and sort of lays out sort of, you know, the, the, the script and the story. And then, you know, if it is successful, like home alone, 
you know, you kind of do the same thing over again, formulaic wise, you know, and, and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. It's just like, you're getting the same movie, but it also kind of feels a little bit contrived because it's like, okay, well, we have to have, you know, a musical dance number that takes place yeah. in a Boston airport uh, on Christmas Eve, which is, I guess, recalling Home Alone a little bit as well and sort of playing with that. And like um, the, the, the one person he has the duet with, um, Darlene Love is the mom in Lethal Weapon, uh, Murtaugh's yeah. wife, um, which was nice. I mean, it sh- I, I really like her in the Lethal Weapon movies, but um, it, it just kind of feels like you're getting the same film. But the, the thing that doesn't work as well is that you're not on Earth anymore. You're or, you're you're you're, you're yeah. in, you know, the North Pole in this literal bubble and the storyline is or the plot in terms of conflict is that you have ricky baker himself from hunt of the the wilder people julian Dennison, <laughs> yeah. um and who, deadpool too <laughs> and, yeah and this is a weird thing as well like this is the one weird thing about the movie i i kind of thought was maybe interesting in a way because usually you have a story where like some like a human is turned into something and they have to like break a curse, you know, like, like the classic kind of like Pinocchio thing, like Pinocchio wants to be a real boy, but you have like the reverse situation where Denison's character used to be an elf, but he broke uh, the rules and was cursed to become a human and exiled he's himself. Belschnickel. Yeah. Belschnickel. And exiled himself because you're thinking like the whole time, like, oh, maybe there's like this darker like edge to Kurt Russell's Santa where he ba- banished this, this, you know, once elf turned, turned human. And it's like, no, he just left himself. Like there's nothing to it. Like the most threatening character is the Jellicle cat, uh, Jola. <laughs> and like, even that is kind of like, toothless in a way like when he attacks spoiler alert text uh dasher and like there's no like marks or anything wrong with him like yeah yeah i just don't think that uh julian dennison really kind of worked both in deadpool 2 and this as these kind of villain characters it was just like i don't know there's something off like i think he he's fun in hunt for the wilder people and and but just some of the he has some of those same mannerisms and sayings he had in both of those movies like they've continued his kind of personality or shtick throughout all three of those and i felt like just like in deadpool 2 it doesn't quite work in this like in some of his sayings and things that he's doing where i'm like i don't know this is just corny dude and i know it's a kid's movie and ultimately like that's why I think I can kind of give it a soft pass for the most part is just like, I'm like, all right, this ultimately isn't made for me. I know most Christmas movies are kind of cheesy and bad. Like i watched jingle all the way the other night. And obviously that's not a good movie at all, but I have nostalgic feelings for that movie. Cause I watched it when I was what, seven years old or something. <clears throat> so I understand that, you know, uh, some seven year old who watched, you know, Christmas Chronicles part, one uh was it two years ago in 2018 i believe so yeah yeah and then like again that i can understand why you would be excited for this and i think they'll pretty much like we got three tim allen santa claus movies i just explained one that was horrible um which was the third one and that and those movies took more time between each one to get a sequel like it wasn't like two years like it felt like between one and two it was like four or five and then with the last one it kind of felt like well why who who's this made for by the time you get to part three yeah like the people I, that grew I up agree. with the Moms. first are are, are older at this point and don't yeah. care anymore about it my mom loves the santa claus movies, so shout out to um Anne. 
I'm, I'm sure there are people. And like the stuff with uh, the kid from mid 90s, I just kind of was like, all right, yeah, it becomes that corny, predictable kind of, um, you know, kids movie kind of stuff stuff that doesn't really kind of land and like you said it is just kind of a rehash like where that musical number in the first movie is kind of fun because it does feel like it comes out of left field and i remember being surprised by it and going oh okay that's ridiculous like i I can kind of get into that kurt russell singing as santa claus i'm like hell yeah um where this where it happens you're just like oh okay they're doing the thing from the first movie right and you're like maybe do something different may i know it's a different song and it's in a different style a sort of different style but like um seeing kurt russell wearing you know wayfarers playing the saxophone as santa again doesn't hit as hard the second time right like i just feel like it's just like oh okay they're doing that again and um I think that's just kind of how I felt. I felt mostly indifferent throughout the whole thing. Um, felt unnecessary. Uh, I thought it was funny that Tyrese shows up at the beginning. It's a fast, uh, fast eight reunion. Is that what? Um, I thought it was. I thought he was uh, seven. Yeah, seven. Mister Nobody's in seven. Yeah, seven. Okay, yeah. is that when he's introduced? I forget which one Kurt Russell comes into. I think it's seven. Um, and then he's in hopefully the rest of them. But um, loved that little bit. Um, but otherwise, I don't know. I don't really have much else to say. I just don't think it really works. Um, uh, I, I was mostly bored. I guess if you have young kids and you watch the first one, I'd understand every couple of years you got a new you know, Christmas franchise. I see why Netflix is doing that. I'm sure they'll do that with a bunch of their stuff. But um, this doesn't do much for me at all. Yeah, and even just the way that the plot kind of separates, you know, the 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 two kids again and kind of this time around. like Adds in one- a new uh, – this – or was this kid in the first one? No, this is this is this is Tyrese's son uh in the son. movie, Jack, and he has yeah. all these anxieties and you know, since his mom passed Jazeer, away. Jazir Bruno. Yeah, so and and to. and he uh you know has to kind of find that inner courage and works mostly with Goldie Hans's uh Mrs. Claus and then Kurt Russell kind of doing his thing with uh with the character Kate. Uh yeah. So Darcy yeah. Camp. And like it's 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 just kind of like you can tell how formulaic it all is and like okay well these two will go on this side mission and then these two will do their thing and then they'll all come together at the end and like the main story of you know um bell schnickel bell schnickel <laughs> stealing uh uh the star of bethlehem and that that kind of powers all of the north pole it, it, it just it doesn't like really add anything to it other than like okay well we'll just add these little plot points for exposition and storytelling and that's about it and like even you know when goldie Hawn is reading through the the books through like a Dude, bedtime she's story so bad, man yeah she's so bad. Uh, yeah i mean like, like- the, so kurt russell and her i mean like just this is trivia like they worked together in 1987 um, that, I think that was the last time they worked together um, in Overboard, and, and Overboard, the Gary Marshall movie, yeah. and then before that in the Jonathan Demme movie, um, uh, Swing Shift. So, like, you know, they they have a certain chemistry on screen together. Obviously, I mean, and they're, they're married, they're, yeah. But but I mean, I I, I there is something kind of like nice seeing them together. But again, too much of a good thing, or just like it, it kind of overstays its welcome. And I just felt like okay, this didn't need to be a two, uh, nearly two hour film. Like if, if, if this was like an, an hour, hour 20, 30 hour 20. Okay. I would give it a little bit more leeway and say like, okay, it's fine. It's disposable. It's for kids. Kid, this will be, you know, someone's jingle all the way or, you know, um, boogie nights, which is a Christmas even. movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, 
But I think it's just obnoxious being that long, and I kind of felt annoyed by it. Yeah, I agree with you. Even there, with too. Kurt Russell in it, like even like so there's a sequence where the elves, you know, get high on this kind of like elf bane and they kind of like go nuts and they have like a local movie theater and they change the theater um marquee from playing elf to bad Santa. And it's just like that's the kind of like jokes they're Humor. going for, and it's just so obvious. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Um so again, not the worst thing in the world. I agree with Eric that the length is probably the worst thing. Everything else is just kind of, I feel indifferent. So uh, I'm going to give it a, a two and a half out of five. I'm going to give it a two. And if you're an adult, just watch Happiest Season. Like if you want something new that's enjoyable, that'll put you in the festive mood, just watch that. I mean, the thing that both of those movies And even share, if you have young kids watch happiest season with them right right it'll probably yeah yeah i mean there's nothing too like raunchy in there or anything if anything it'll teach them about life yeah yeah (laughs) no no totally um i mean they might be a little bit bored because there's not a lot totally going on what like is there another good kids christmas movie that has come out recently Klaus people liked last year right a lot of people like arthur christmas but i know that was arthur i liked arthur christmas a lot so yeah toronto actually featured in that yeah but what i was going back with it's interesting that both i mean a lot of movies do but both this and and christmas chronicles both feature uh a scene with uh it's a wonderful life it's just yeah. it's funny like that's the go-to christmas movie, christmas movie when yeah. it's a wonderful life itself it's- <laughs> is only a christmas movie in the last 20 minutes of that film yeah and it's depressing <laughs> oh yeah yeah it's about suicide <laughs> yeah um so yeah i don't know skip it i'd say go back and watch the original like if you're gonna Again, I think we would have been fine with one of these movies, and then I still think people would have maybe revisited it every year, every couple years. Um, I just don't know if we necessarily needed to turn this into a franchise. Will I watch Christmas Chronicles 3 and totally forget who the family is and by next Christmas? We'll see. Will you have Will Tyrese a have more of a chronic while watching a third one? Eric, would I have? Anyways, we'll talk off there. Um, but well, yeah, but, anyways, also, that- but also just go and listen to our interview with Nick Scarpino because we do talk about holiday films and he recommends a bunch of them. A lot of them are also shitty Vince Vaughn movies, <laughs> yeah. but at least you can kind of get an idea of like, you know, some stuff that's, that's out there that's available now, but also like stuff that, you know, there's he so grew many. up with, right? Like Whether Scrooge you- is, is one of those films that I go back to every year. Which is so. genuinely good, right? Yeah. And then I I mean, I love Muppets Christmas Carol. I, we're only going to talk about movies that are based on a Christmas Carol. But uh, no, there are there are fun. I, I love the holiday season. And then that's why I even want to review things like Christmas Chronicles too, is because like I genuinely do get into the holiday spirit. I really genuinely do love Christmas. I genuinely love watching like holiday and Christmas movies. So um stuff like this still even if i didn't like it i'll always give it a shot and i always appreciate that we are getting you know stuff that's better than that you know hallmark kind of christmas movies my sister's been watching hallmark christmas movies every day um but they have a almost, lot of those kind of level movies as well on netflix netflix like, oh there's, there's a lot of stuff that we haven't out, right? even watched that is yeah. there and it feels like it's almost daring you to watch it in a way it's like is well, this even a real netflix. movie that's just Netflix's MO, right? Like it's just I don't want to say quantity over quality, even but it though is. that's kind of what I'm saying. Is like they know how eclectic 
their audience is and what their audience watches. It's all algorithm based and they can kind of see what everyone's watching. So they make content for everyone. And when you make content for everyone and don't have like a specific niche that you're kind of going after, you're going to have that stuff because people will consume it, right? There are people who just want mindless, stupid kind of movies. So Netflix will make mindless, stupid movies for them. And I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that as long as they keep, you know, funding interesting stuff as well. Like, you know, whether it's giving free reign to filmmakers like David Fincher or, or Alfonso Cuaron or or whoever. Yeah. Charlie Kaufman's a great example. Like if they're going to keep doing that, as long as they're spreading that wealth around, I'm totally fine. If we get a holiday or a Christmas Chronicles two or anything in between, um, or something I probably don't even know exists, but it's on there. Or just go and watch Tango and catch the Prince. Uh, what's that one? I watched the, the Christmas Prince or whatever I watched with my uh, mom and sister a couple of years ago. It's awful. Just awful. Classic. But, um, but you know, I, I do love the holidays. So will we, I don't know if we'll have any other Christmas movies to review before um, the end of the year, but um, anyways, we've stalled for long enough. Two and a half for me, two from Eric. Go check out our other reviews on the channel. We got lots of stuff up right now. Um, uh, our interviews with Nick Scarpino, Joey Magison over on Untitled Movie Conversations. Uh, Untitled Movie Podcast will be back very, very soon talking about a bunch, a bunch of different news. So stay tuned for our 79th draft. Um, and as always, mine's a, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at UntitledMoviePodcast.com. And you can follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric Marchin. You can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. Merry Crimbus.